Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter of Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson Glad to have everybody with us tonight um, we got a lot of good things to talk about. Um, last week, uh, we got to hear from Miss Anna Sweeney, the director and the owner of the producing company that's going to produce the, uh, the movie about the Tri-Cities Thunder. Uh, what a great uh, interview that was with that young lady. Um, she's real, really, really excited, and uh, we're just excited as well. Um, uh, she hasn't been. If you're not too familiar with this, she's actually been in, I think they said, uh, a dozen movies and TV shows. Uh, one of those movies, that uh, maybe both, I'm not sure, but one of them for sure, she was in The Code of Many Colors, the movie about the Dolly, uh, Dolly Parton story. Uh, she was in that, and uh, she's been in a lot of exciting, uh, rambustious young, young lady, and uh, man, that, that's great news, and, and we're real excited uh, about it as well. Um, but I said I had some good news uh, to tell this week, and uh, we do for sure. Um, we got the call uh, from the Tennessee Titans, and they have invited us to uh, come and play uh, a game in Titan Stadium on December the 30th uh, after they play the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that is on a Sunday, and the game will start at 12 Central time, that being the Titans game. And uh, our game is going to be immediately following that game. And uh, yesterday when we got the call, it was – I'm telling you how, you know, it's just like this movie, just good things happen. And, um so excited about what it can do uh, for the team and win in general. Uh, we don't know who we're going to play yet. We haven't uh, reached out to any teams uh, about it. Uh, we've got to do that yet. Uh, we just did get the final go-ahead uh, yesterday, and everything is a done deal. And, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm telling you, as, as uh, football fan and, you know, of course, of a big uh, women's football fan. I've become more of a women's football fan than I have in the NFL for years. Uh, but, uh, for the main reason, Jeff started playing. We started this team. And um, just the way things uh, happen in the NFL. But, man, what what a great opportunity uh, for, these, for these young ladies on both teams that will play, um, you know, that's just unheard of to get to play in a stadium, uh, and especially after they play a game. Um, 
uh, we're just ecstatic about it, and uh, so we can't be uh, more excited than if we'd have won the lottery, I guess. But uh, maybe that would be more exciting. But um, it, it, it's really great news, and I'm gonna uh, coach my head coach, Trusty Thunder. He's gonna come on now. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and other football and stuff, and uh, we'll get his uh, insight and opinion on How about Coach, you there? I'm here, man. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, what what do you think about this uh, great news we got yesterday? <clears throat> well, I, first of all, from a, from, a, from a coaching standpoint, I can't be more excited to get out there on the, uh, the Titan field at Nissan Stadium and, and, and coach a football game. I'm 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 really happy and excited for our girls. Um, you know, these these women have been playing this sport uh, some for so long, and they've been told they can't uh, play this play this game. And uh, here they are getting ready to play a game on uh, December 30th in a professional stadium. Uh, I, I you know the news is outstanding. I think it does so much just for women's football. I think it does so much for the USWFL. Uh, and certainly it does a, a lot for, uh, you know, the Thunder for us to be able to go out there and showcase our talent. Right. Well, you know, the big, the biggest thing was when, when we got the call yesterday and, and I was on the conference call um, with uh, with Jennifer about it. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is as much as we were excited, this guy that that is over there, he he was just as excited as well, uh, because they've never had they what they do is a lot of uh, uh, they do a lot of youth football. Uh, they have a lot of youth games there after some of these type of games, but they've never had a women's uh, game there. Uh, actually, uh, they they wanted to when before we bought the league from Mary Butler. They'd actually uh, talked to her about doing it a couple of years ago, and uh, when the deal just fell through, and and when they uh, realized that we'd taken it over, they reached out to us, and and I'm just telling you, we we were super excited, and and this guy was as well. So you know it, um, you know other than uh, playing in a you know prime time uh, game where the stadium will be full, I don't I don't know how much more exciting. You know it could be. Well, I know when we <clears throat> when we first approached the idea to to the team, uh, when we were actually talking about it, and, the, and it was actually in the makings. Nothing was really official yet. Um, you know, the excitement was through the roof. Um, you know, we had uh, you know players like Ken that had been playing for 16 years or you know longer than that or or so forth, and uh, just excited to be able to do something like this and and. It, to my knowledge, this is the first time uh, that a uh, woman's football team has played um, in a in such a venue, uh, especially after a football game. I, I don't know if it's happened. Uh, I, I don't recall it happening, but it's certainly an honor, and uh, I'm, we're we're way excited about it. You know, well, if it's, I don't know if it's happened, and I'm sure there's somebody out there that might know and would let us know some point in time, but. Um, this, this guy for sure, um, he's been on staff for a long time, and and it hasn't happened down there because we we were on the phone with him for quite a while, and uh, it, uh, I you know I just honestly I just 
for him, you know, and, and we were, you know, just talking about what it meant to these girls and, you know, to be able to, to watch the first game and, you know, uh, here, here's the thing, Mike, is, and a lot of this these girls don't even know, and we don't know the full details, but, like, with five minutes to go in the game, there's somebody going to come and get us and, and escort us down to – uh, the designated locker rooms that they have for us. And, uh, you know, so we get to get in there early. As, as soon as the gates open, we get to get in there and, and uh, get as close as, as to the field and things as we want to, to watch all those guys and see how they uh, warm up and a lot of that. And, and you know, I'm, and I've told this guy, I said, you know, a lot of this stuff um, to a lot of people uh, probably don't mean much, but to these girls and to this organization, it means everything. Yeah, we, you know, we certainly, um, you know, we certainly preach to them when we're, when we're talking. Though we, we always make reference to, um, you know, the professional athletes and what it takes for them to be at top and, and for them to be where they are now. So I think for them to be able to get up close and personal and see a little bit, see how they warm up and see, uh, see the game. Uh, close enough to where you'll see a game within a game, their preparation, their mental status. Uh, and especially, you know, look, if we're down there, Andrew Luck will be down there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of players that you see on Sundays that they're going to just be in all of and, uh, you know, hopefully make a, a really good impact for them. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I keep thinking that, I mean, you know, for me, I'm, a, I'm an old football guy. You're an old football guy. Um, I know you did get to uh, coach a game in the Cowboys Stadium, um, uh, Man City. Uh, but, you know, there, there's guys that play football, Mike, in and, and college and, and all over forever that don't get the chance to step on a pro field uh, and play. Now, listen, this to me, playing in a pro stadium is like sacred ground, you know. Can you imagine whoever – wins this game, or, uh, you know, the quarterback can go in there and throw a touchdown, running back can go in there and, and uh, run one in and score. Can you just imagine uh, what kind of boost that, that would do for, for these girls? Yeah, certainly. I mean, listen, they'll be forever linked, uh, forever linked with, this, uh, with this stadium and this team uh, in this state, no matter where they go from here on out. And every time they watch a football game in, in Nissan Stadium, they can – Tell you know their significant other, their their kids, or whoever. Hey, I played a game in there and scored in that end zone, uh, and you know the impact that it had uh, when I coached in uh, uh, Dallas Stadium, um, the impact that it had on our our, our young men then. Um, you know, and these are the guys that 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 have the avenue to get to that level more so than women. Um, you know, they were all struck. Uh, you know, and uh, fortunately for us, we were able to go in and get tours before then, but. You know, to actually sit down and play on something that big and, uh, you know, being an awestruck and it's just where all these legends have played on this football field is it's, it's what's more the most exciting for me. And, again, I'm, I'm happy and excited for this team, uh, the league, and most of all for these girls. Yeah, I was thinking we'd actually, uh, you know, we'd talk to this guy, and, and we're not, I mean, look, we're not just plumb familiar with that stadium, but we have been, been there to several games to watch the Colts play when Peyton Manning played there, you know, and, and I referenced it to him, and he was like, oh, yeah, we try to forget those days, you know. 
the Colts were really good. And and uh, but I I was just thinking, you know, when we're the making of this movie and and how he Peyton Manning really impacted Jennifer's life long before I ever came along um, to to make her or not make her but for her to become uh, a football fan and uh, for you know he was the probably the big well he was the biggest reason that, that she was a football fan and I come along and that was just you know icing on the cake because I was a football fan and blah 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 but anyway. Can you just imagine we're going to be on the same sideline and the same field um, that Peyton Manning uh, played on? And, and, you know, long before she ever got to play, we went there several times to uh, watch him play. Yeah, I think it's important for individuals that are listening to this broadcast that, you know, the importance of what's going to happen on the 30th of December it's 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 way more than just showing up and playing a football game. I mean, this is this is dreams coming true. Whether or not they're actually playing a football game or not, just to be on the same sideline that Peyton Manning uh, uh, roamed when he was uh, with the Colts. I mean, this is you know to be in the same locker room, to be in the same venue as the players that you've seen that you've idolized. Uh, there's so much more to this event happening uh, personal-wise for these women. Uh, you know, and, and especially like you mentioned, Jennifer, who is, is a is a Peyton Manning fan. Um, you know, these it's just uh, you know it, it's, it's I can't be more excited for them to see their faces. Uh, I'm, I'm truly a, a parent looking at their kids and on a Christmas day. I know what's going to feel like to see these girls out there doing that. Yeah, I'd, uh, you know I'm you know Peyton goes to a lot of games. Man, that would be great if he actually. At that game, with that would be the icing on the cake. I don't know if he did, if we'd get chance to even dress out or not, but um, that would be that would definitely be icing on the cake. And and here here's the thing: there's so many guys in the NFL that are that are not what I call role models or truly good guys, but Peyton Manning is definitely one of those good guys. He, him, and Andrew Luck, and um, you know a lot of the Titans players as well. Uh, I don't want to, you know, not give them any props, but a lot of them as well are really good guys and do. And uh, as a matter of fact, guys really do a lot for their community down there. Um, I hear them, you know, talking on the radio all the time of what they do. Um, so, you know, you know, it's just like this guy said. He said, "Hey, I can't tell you how many people's going to hang around to watch." We hope. Quite a few, he said, because when we have these youth games, there's usually quite a few people play. After the game, hang around. A lot of the players stay and watch. Can you just imagine? And this is and this is the thing. I, I've been thinking about this for since we got the call that it may happen, and then yesterday we got it finalized. And I've just been thinking about this. Can you just imagine the best football players in the world? Maybe not the best, but these guys are among the best football players in the world. Just might be sitting there watching these young ladies play. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think about it, you know, and I'm sure, you know, who knows, it very well could happen. I would imagine some of these players are curious to see. You know, another thing I was thinking about, too, is this could, this potentially has, can be the largest crowd to ever watch women play football. Um, And then that's, that's a huge deal as well. And so there's a lot of, a lot of, Brown great breaking history moments that are going to happen for us on the 30th. And 
for just to be uh, maybe the the most watched women's football game uh, of all time. That that just may be uh, that may just be the icing of the cake. Yeah, I just uh, like I said, man. I I can't get it. I've been thinking about it a, a lot, and uh, you know, I, I look. There's I love going to those games. I, I'd much rather, and I, I I love college football. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want people to think I don't. But going to a pro game is so much different than going to a college game. Same size stadiums, and they only seat about seventy. For like UT seats a hundred some thousand. They pack them in there like sardines. And these pro stadiums, man, they're not not near as steep. Uh, you got better seating. Um, you can see the game so much better. It's just way more comfortable. Um, every everything about that atmosphere. So going to watch a game. Dang, um, there could be, I mean, the Titans are pretty good this year. And, uh, you know, that's, the, if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be, well, it's not going to be the last game of the year, but that's a division game. And there certainly could be some playoff implications involved. So, you know what, you never know what kind of crowd capacity or, or who is going to show up uh, to watch that game. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, we want to get on the field as soon as it's over. I mean, with everybody that would like to wait uh, and not have to get into the traffic, that'd be that'd be a plus for us. But, you know, the stadium is right there on the highway. Uh, so, you know, it, it could very well be, uh, you know, packed for us. And that, you know, that would be just icing on the cake. Just, just why I'm just excited, you know. Yeah, when we, when we talk to this guy, I believe his name was Kevin. I'm not good with names, so. Uh, but I believe his name was Kevin, and and uh, he he was real excited about it, and excited to start uh, preparing to get it advertised, and, you know, and get everything finalized and all the uh, balls rolling that needed to be to make this happen, and um, you know the fact that we don't have to uh, bring anything but our but our own footballs. I mean, they're going to furnish us um, everything that we need, you know, for the game. Um, uh, scoreboard help, refs, uh, chain, water for both teams, uh, you know, uh, I think maybe even take the game or film the game for us, just all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, man, it's, it's just, that's just so much, uh, so exciting. And um, I, ho- I hope these girls are, are really understand um, what, what it is that, you know, we as owners and coaches uh, really try to, Way more for for these girls than than most teams would ever even think of. Most teams care less about them girls except about a month before the uh, season starts and they start trying to get. So I hope all these girls relish the moment, understand how big a deal this is, and uh, you know what what it really takes to pull off amazing things like this. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, we've started. I mean, we've been – this has pretty much been our, our first year round uh, since I've been associated with the team. We've uh, – you know, we haven't really stopped since uh, July. Uh, and, you know, we, we still got – in November, we're supposed to be even having a, a scrimmage in November just to get ready and get everything prepped for that December game. So, uh, you know, that's the earliest I think we've had uh, anything uh, playing. We played in November, and then hopefully in December. Uh, we will be playing in December, so – uh, this is, like I said, a year-round for us, and we've been working really hard recruiting, 
uh, you know, I'm excited for these new girls that are coming on. We got some from, from local teams uh, out there in Knoxville coming to play. And, uh, you know, big things are happening. And, uh, you know, we don't stop. We haven't stopped this year. Uh, we've just kept trucking along and uh, making big things happen. And I'm super, super pumped and excited uh, to be a part of this program. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, and um, people don't realize that uh, to do things right takes way more time than than to do things wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I say it uh, all the time, and that's even in sports in general. Um, you know, you, you can shortcut things and maybe see a quicker um, something happen better quicker, but over the long haul, that fades away. You can't get better by taking shortcuts, and and you know certainly that's what we we've tried, and, I, and I'm being all 100 honest. We've tried to build this program uh, for the long haul. It, it's just tough when when you don't see um, you know the amount of girls come through uh, that you would like, and and to stay. You know, we me and Jennifer was talking yesterday. Just imagine if we had all the players from every team that we've ever had, if, if we had all those girls now, Mike. Just imagine the size of the team we would have. Well, it would be easily in the hundreds, you know, uh, maybe even a little more than that. Uh, and then we'd have, to, we'd have to try to even cut some players. Uh, and that would be a good thing, a good problem to have. Uh, but um, – you know, maybe this is the start of things. You know, if if, you're, if they're listening and, and, and there's somebody out there that's interested in playing football, or you know, maybe this is just the the start of things. And I know it's been five years uh, in the making, but uh, you know, just think everything we've done within the five years of this program has been uh, uh, evolved or has been around. Uh, you know, we're playing for national championships. We've already won one, uh, but you know, the only thing that we're really missing are those huge roster numbers. Uh, but you know. Listen, it's a uh, you know good things come in small packages, and uh, you know listen for the girls that are with us now that have stayed with us. Uh, this this event that we're doing on December the 30th, uh, you know that's you know that's all their hard work sticking with it and staying true to the Thunder Blue. Yeah, and and what about you know like the like the movie uh, you know that's going to be made? I mean, how many? I know there's probably teams that you know in these big markets that get a lot of uh, media uh, coverage and stuff. But I mean, when when you think about it, they're going to be every single thing we have practice, scrimmage, tryout, games, everything, they're going to be there uh, filming this. How many teams, uh, and especially women teams, but how many teams in general, you keep referencing back to it several times, like the hard knocks thing, um, and it sort of is like the hard knocks, except they're going to be doing all the games and stuff before, uh, two before making the movie. But how many Teams in general, and especially at this level, can can say that that they're getting this kind of coverage. Um, now it's not going to be right now, but when this movie comes out, and if anybody listened last week to the show, and I have Miss Anna Sweeney on here, and if anybody knows her at all, uh, she she is the type that does not take no for an answer, and she's gonna. I promise you, she's going to get this movie out there. 
uh, one way or another in, in a lot of places that people would never dream that it would be in because she's got a lot riding on it and that kind of person. So can you just imagine what this just in general can do for the team, for the girls we have now that are actually on this team that want to be a part of this team? Um, we have girls that have been on another team and in, in their words, it, it was a joke. I'm not saying my words. I have my own opinion. I'm going to keep that to myself. But in their words, it, it was a joke. And now they're coming to a situation where things couldn't be uh, so much better uh, than they'd have dreamed it. Well, you know, for what it does just for women's football, this movie, just in our team in general, it's a huge boost. I mean, it, it, if it – if it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it, it actually comes out uh, that, you know, whoever sees it, it's just going to catapult uh, women's football uh, like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, I was probably a little skeptical about how this was, this was going to work out. Uh, but if you're listening, I'm telling you, this is a full-blown production. This isn't anything just walking around with a – with a camera or a, a cell phone, or this this is a full production. They got the lighting, uh, you know. They got they got everything you need to make an actual movie. So what you're going to see is an actual movie, and not just something that's been pieced together and put out there for YouTube. Uh, this is an actual uh, full out uh, production. Uh, quite impressed I was when I, I actually uh, saw them out there with our tryout. And uh, you know, listen, it, it's just it's just proof for us that we are doing things to better women's football. And when teams uh, that are local are losing players that are coming to us uh, and saying, you know what, first of all, we don't practice nearly like you guys practice. And then to top it off with the things that you're doing for us extra, it's just, it's unbelievable. Uh, and, and as you say, they say it's a joke from where they were to where they are now. And that's just, it's just a tribute to what we're doing to better women's football. Yeah, and I, you know what? That's that's the thing is is uh, not that uh, I'm not gonna say we don't get the credit, but we take a lot of knocks. Well, especially I'm gonna say me, I take a lot of knocks, uh, you know, from a lot of people for the way I do things and the way that I am. And I'm a straightforward shooter. I mean, hell, I make everybody mad. And uh, but. In the long run, you, you know what you're gonna get. There, there's no, there ain't no in between. And I, I take a lot of knocks, and people say, "Well, he don't, he don't have, the, you know, women's football and, uh, at heart, and this, that, and other." And listen, I, I do all this for women's football. You know what? Because it would be easy for me not to do. It. I mean, it would be so much easier to just take the high road and and just say forget. You know, but but I don't want to, and I I just for these girls, I care less what people think about me, and that's why I mean actually you know that, and, and but for these girls that that do put in the work and that work hard and that have for for years, I mean we have we only have one player besides Jennifer now left from on the original team, you know, so there's only only her, and uh, we. That's just, you know, for what she, the effort she's put in and stuff over the years is is unbelievable. And for them to make statements like that, uh, you know, they're talking about our 
uh, team and stuff that, uh, you know, when they're, they're knocking me, they're, they're knocking our team. And, and I, I truly am, um, you know, I answer that because, look, everything we do and, and uh, for the league and, and things of that nature uh, is uh, uh, all for women's football. And if I didn't say it correctly, Caitlin is the only player besides Jennifer from the original team, if I may, if somebody mistake, uh, if I misspoke. Her and Jennifer are the only two players from our original team. So, you know, they she knows what we do. She knows that we, we work hard for her and, uh, you know, to get the best in women's football. Yeah, you know, we talked last year uh, right before you purchased the team or the league, actually, um, and I remember hearing it in your voice, uh, and, and you, it was more like, hey, listen, i got to do something. Otherwise, this league is probably not going to exist, uh, or it's going to fall into some hands that doesn't uh, really truly care about women's football. Uh, so you went and you, you, you bought it. Uh, and um, listen, anybody that doesn't think that what you do for women's football uh, isn't there and it's not truly in the heart, then it would have been easy for you to say, you know what, I'm just going to not purchase this USWFL. I'm going to stay with the Thunder. We're going to go elsewhere, and we'll find something that works for us. Instead, what you did was you decided that I'm going to purchase the USWFL, I'm going to hold it above water, and I'm going to own my own team. And we haven't – and if, if anybody is asking about what it is that the Thunder has – benefited from uh, the owners owning the league? The answer is nothing. I mean, we have only we won one uh, championship, and that was last year. We didn't win the championship this year. Nobody, none of our team, nobody from our team complained. Uh, you know, we got beat because we got beat. Uh, and, you know, we, we didn't have any games that, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't look for favoritism. Uh, and if anything, we talk about how much we want to stay away from the fact that we don't want it to look like we're getting any favoritism. So I challenge anybody that thinks that what you and, and Jennifer are doing uh, for women's football, if they think that it's all benefiting just the Thunder, uh, this is just a fringe benefit. The fact that you own the league and you own this team, uh, it could very well be any other team if, if that team had that opportunity. And so, uh, you know, I, I would definitely uh, challenge anybody to really look into the facts before they start talking about things they don't understand. <clears throat> yeah, it, 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 you know, like I said, it, it doesn't matter to me because, man, I've been around sports and, and things that I know how it goes. And the people that win, they're happy. The people that lose, they're not happy. Uh, you know that. I know that. Um, there's so much um, – things that happened this year and when it went good the people that it went good for they were tickled when it went bad they weren't and we're just um, you know irregardless we're, we're, we do things um, you know uh, what we think is right and when you do things that you think is right you got to understand you're going to make a lot of people mad and then you're going to make a lot of people happy and you know, we do things for what we think is best and what we think is right, and and that's that's the way it's been, and that's the way it's going to continue to be. And you know, it's it's like this move. They they come to us. We didn't go to them. And you know, you heard her talk last week. She you know she talked about, hey, I 
I've known y'all forever, and I've admired the answer for plan. It's another, and when when I got this opportunity, this this was the only thing I wanted to do. You know, was about this. It was the first thing that uh, came to her mind, and you know what can she do that is really. Um, you know, that she has deep ties to and, and wants to do. And, sure, it's going to it's gonna benefit our team because it's about our team. And, and I would never say that. And it's going to, you know, it's a story pretty much when it all boils down to it of how the team got started, um, what inspired Jennifer to play football because she's what got the team started, um, what, you know, about Anna. Being, uh, being a, a new to the directory, directing and, and producing. So it's, it's really about that, but it, it's going to be a bunch of football involved. So every team that we're going to come in contact with is going to benefit it, benefit from it as well, you know, as long as, as, as far as the whole uh, women's football. So um, we're, and if anybody can't see, through that, you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we talked about it when uh, the last practice uh, they were at. You know, listen, you know, any team that we come in contact with, they're going to be with us uh, for everything, scrimmages, games, all the way to the very end. So whatever we do as a team function, is, uh, you know, they're going to be there. So whoever is, uh, you know, we're playing or that, uh, you know, we're associated with, I mean, these people are going to be in there and benefit from it as well. You're absolutely right. And, um, you know, I just it's exciting. And uh, I think that uh, instead of saying bad things or, you know, I'm not sure what's being said, but instead of tearing it down, let's build it up and, uh, you know, look at this as a positive for everybody uh, for women's football because, uh, you know, we do have a season to go through and we have to play games. So, you know, it, that, it's just that simple. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody's turned down. A lot of people don't even know about it yet, but you know how how things are. I mean, you know how talk is going to come. But I'm going to tell you how things go, Um, and everybody that's listening knows, that has any sense knows I'm telling the truth. And I won't mention the team, but there there is people. I'm telling you, you you remember – before we purchased the league, how things was. We didn't even get to play. Uh, we we played a team the first game that wasn't even supposed to play. They come last minute to play. How many times did Fayetteville supposed to show up? They didn't. We ended up going there. They forfeit. Do you, you remember how how things were? Just uh, disorganized and none of that. There is people. Mike, that like the way things were before we taken over the league. And so much as we had a team that wants to rejoin the league that wasn't in the league last year but used to be in the league before, uh, we just don't know why y'all want to change everything, that it was fine the way it was. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that for individuals that want to make it better, to make women's football better and not so much of a joke, then no, they weren't fine the way they were. If what you want to do is just play some backyard football and, you know, hey, let's piece together some teams here and there, okay, then, you know, go play backyard football. But if what you're wanting to be is a part of something that is 
trying to uh, establish women's football and the league, women's football league, as an organization that is trying to better women's football, then you know this is this is exactly how you want it to be ran. So yeah, I mean it was it was crazy how how it first started out, uh, which really ended up being the demise of of the of the past owner of the league. And I think you know again, uh, kudos to you and Jennifer for stepping in and uh, and buying the league and uh, keeping it way above water because it was really really tough there that first year. Yeah, I, I won't say, I'm going to tell you something. And a lot of people don't know Mary Butler, and I don't know her far seeing her face-to-face. I've had several and multiple conversations with Mary, and some of them good and some of them not so good. Mary was a really, really intelligent lady, and, and intelligent on women's football. She had some of the greatest, best ideas. Uh, for women's football and things that she wanted to get done and see that I've ever, that honestly, that I've ever been around or, or talked to. But for some reason, she couldn't follow through with those. And and I don't know if that got her uh, aggravated her so bad, but then she would lose contact. And and when you're on a league, I, first thing I'm going to tell you something is, is you know all too well. That if if I don't leave my phone in a truck come game day or whatever, my phone's ringing off the hook from all these teams because something is always wrong. I mean, even though they get the contracts, they get the rules, they have all this, they still blow my phone up. You, you know that they blow Jennifer's phone up. And for some reason, that was the, her demise right there. Whatever that is. Is, is is what was her demise because she had some really really great ideas and as a matter of fact um, this deal for the no kickoff that was first pitched to me by her several uh, years ago uh, and uh, you know what I'm saying uh, about um, not having the kickoff and we voted on it and it actually got voted down um, because. You know, she she knew somebody that was into part of the NFL making rules. And, they're, listen, they're on track. You can say what you want. Everybody can say what you want. NFL is on track to eventually get away from the kickoff. Uh, so, anyway, Mary had a lot of great ideas. And I, and I will say this. Uh, when we – before the year we bought the league, she, she called us uh, – times long before we ever signed the contract to play with some of the best amazing ideas and and things of that nature and it's like the uh, uh the kickoff classic that idea comes from, from Mary you know uh now the mul- having multiple games of, of set three or four games was you know something we put on it but uh the uh the fact that having a kickoff classic stuff that was her idea when you couldn't follow through and then I know how much when we put out one schedule and it worked and the only thing that didn't work is if the team couldn't make it or uh, and you know forfeited it everything else we never changed uh, anything how my phone rang and then she goes uh, missing that was, that was her demise so for anybody and, they, and you know what it just goes back when I was told you know uh, the fact that they're they like the way things were uh, before. That just tells me every single
single thing that I need to know about that organization. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what organization you're referring to, but uh, you know, again, I, I go back to the comment I made earlier. If you were looking to just be, uh, just play football and not try to make it better, uh, then you know, then that, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you, but you know, if you're wanting to to be in a league and you want it to, uh, you know, to make it better than it was before you you started, uh, and and better after you leave it, then you know, you want to be in a league that has uh, the leadership uh, that the 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 uh, laws, the, the the rules set, and, and, and things that are, you know, and holding people accountable, uh, because you, you know that's the only way that you're actually going to be successful uh, in trying to do what it is that we're trying to do, which is you know catapult women's football to the next level. Yeah, that that for me, I mean, I I, I approach I approach this league, uh, running this league, just like I would uh, running any kind of business that. First and foremost, I have to be honest with every single person that's the spokesperson, owner, whoever, for with these teams. And then they have to be honest as well. And then they have a duty to, to fulfill that schedule. And, you know, it's just like for me, Mike, um, that I told, I told them over there when we had that meeting, South Carolina, look, just coming, just coming to the league to play games is just not fulfilling your your uh, your schedule, your dedication, and and whatever else you want to call it. When you come to this league, you owe it to your team that if everybody's gonna make the playoffs, that means. You go play in the playoffs no matter how good or bad you are. That means when your girls make the all-star team, no matter what, you get them to that. It is your duty to fulfill those goals and dreams for these girls. It's not about who owns that team or who coaches that team. It's about these women that play on these teams. And they deserve it, and the teams they're going to play deserve it. And I told them, this, this is the way it is. If you're going to play here, this is what we expect of you. And if that's not holding people accountable, if that's not wanting to be better for everybody, then, man, I, I really don't know what it is. <clears throat> well, I, mean, I question, you know, anybody that doesn't want to do that, uh, you know, what are you in this for? You know, what I mean, what are you coaching football for or what are what are these women playing for? Uh, and you're doing a huge disservice, like you're saying, to, to these women that are that are dedicated. You can't tell me. And I, and I understand that there are uh, teams that have issues with 11, 12, 13 players. Oh, well, I only got 13 players that can show up in a playoff game. Okay, well, then you take those 13 players and you go play a playoff game. And win or lose, that is your team. And it makes somebody's dream out there a reality that they are playing football. Uh, and, and not just, okay, well, I got an ownership that, that doesn't want to do uh, the right thing by uh, showcasing whether, whether or not these, your, your team is the best team or the worst team is irrelevant. Putting those women on the football field because they have earned that right to be out there for playing football is your duty, like you say. Uh, and, you know, again, I don't, if you're not doing that, then, then why are you even involved in, in any type of sports? Yeah, I go back. I mean, you you look at uh, last year, um, 
we traveled a lot. Uh, a lot, uh, a lot of the travel was on us. We didn't play uh, good and up to our potential when we needed to, and we have to go on the road, and and we did. Uh, but you, you look, Mike. Uh, in the year since you've been coaching this team, you looked at what players that we've had to go play with at certain times, and uh, you know players and starters that could make it, and key players that could make it. And and we we did the best we could. We knew we'd be up against it, but we went. And and unless you're and here's my thing, unless you don't have eleven to start that game, for me it's, it's inexcusable. Now if you if you got thirteen or fourteen players and you lose two or three the first game and and the second game you call me and say, hey man, I, I don't have the players at that point. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna feel for you because you're you're in trouble and then we're gonna do something. But if you have twenty on a roster and you can't muster up eleven to go start the game, no, I'm 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 out, you know. So um well that's that's what we're trying to do as a whole. It's to me I get tired of hearing and look, the WFA, they're, they're, they're a huge league. Um, they're the biggest league. You know, this new league, I don't even know what the NW, I, whatever, I don't even know what it's called. Anyway, they're, they're going to have a good league. For me, and I'm, I'm telling you straight up, for me, I don't care how many teams we have. I don't care if it's six, I don't care if it's ten, I don't care if it's twelve, or what. I want good quality teams that when we build this schedule, that we know without a shadow of a doubt that those games are going to happen. And every single team, it's not about all the other teams that are not in our league. It's about the teams that are in our league. That every single team can plan on having a home game. You can plan on going to your away games. You can plan on fulfilling your duty because you know everybody else is going to do the same. To me, and that's what helping that's what helps women's football. Getting all these teams to join, knowing that most of them are going to forfeit games, that ain't helping women's football at all. No, not not by any means. And you know, going back to how how we've uh, you know we went to games where we knew, uh, and we would talk about it. We knew that uh, not only were we going to be up against the wall, but we were we were in trouble. I mean, you know, we were in big trouble. But we went out, and our girls, our women, went out there and played the football game. Uh, and, you know, listen, we made it happen. Uh, and I, I, for, for, for the life of me, I, don't, I can't figure out why there would ever be a time where you decided, unless, like you say, that you don't have 11 players, uh, why you wouldn't, uh, you know, you'd muster it up to go and play. Um, there, there are just so many things that, that are involved. Uh, and it's not just affecting your team, it's the other teams, the league, and it's women football in general uh, that you are tarnishing when you decide that I'm not going to play a football game uh, for whatever reason. I mean, it's, it's, it's especially if you have enough players to play. Uh, and, again, it's not just about you. It's not about your team. It's about the other team you're supposed to play, the league, and women's football in general. So, uh, you know, I like, I like the direction that the USWFL is definitely going. Uh, and you know, holding teams accountable and, and getting them in, in the right position to uh, to hopefully uh, we can uh, limit and hopefully have no forfeits. Uh, and so uh, you know, listen, you just keep doing what you're doing with the W the, this uh, this league. 
Well, you know, I heard when when those teams, when the Texas Elite decided, and those other three teams decided they was going to leave the IWFL, and I listen, I don't, I don't know what kind of deal they have with IWFL at all. All I know is the woman uh, split from the Dallas Elite. Um, we we have talked to that woman, and uh, you know, there's bad blood there. Uh, she created the Texas League. They couldn't get in the WFA. Um, from what I was told, I'm, I'm second-handed, but they, you know, did everything they could, begged and all this, talked talk to WFL and to let them in. They didn't even play so many games because they couldn't for some reason. And then they let them in, and then they play a couple games, and then they get together and bail out. Okay. So they do, and they go have this East-West thing. Um, you know, the they couldn't even, the live feed, they couldn't even get it done. But, well, I'm, I don't get off track there. Anyway, I, I heard the guy, they had an open for him, and uh, they had a, a potential investor there that they was talking, and, and, and we listened to it. And uh, the one thing the guy said, that this teacher, and I don't even know who the guy is. Maybe he is an investor in their league. I don't know. But the one thing that he said that this keeps running through my mind all the time is this. He said, what I see from from women's football and everything y'all are talking here today is everybody only cares about their team. They don't care about anything but their team. They don't care that their team might be worth a million and the teams they play ain't worth nothing. But he said, here's the thing. If you can't get those other teams to help get those other teams up and funded, then what good is it to for years to be worth a lot? And he could not be more right. And obviously this guy's a money man for a reason. And Mike, that is so, so, so true. Every person you talk to, they don't care about anything else but what can their team get. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you going across women's football, uh, you know, these teams that are just out there that are huge names, you know, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the the Pittsburgh Passion, and I'm not saying anything about the the Divas because I, I don't know uh, the organizations, but I would venture to say that you know they're doing a lot to build up women's football because they're well known. I mean, everybody knows them, uh, and I, I don't know that they're not doing anything. I don't know that they are, but when you are a, a big market team. Okay, and and you have that potential to make others around you better, other teams around you better, to make women's football better. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, it 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 becomes a case of well, I'm, my team is is the best team, and I'm going to hold everybody down. But that doesn't make women's football any better. That may make your team better, okay. But in the end, your team sitting at top isn't going to have anybody to play. So why not do your 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 unspoken, uh, um, you know, duty to say we're going to build up these programs, we're going to build them up so we can have uh, a team, a league, uh, and, and make it uh, women's football just better in general. I, I, I don't understand uh, a lot of uh, owners and coaches' logic behind that. And we're a small market team, and we're doing the best we can uh, at this moment with what we got to try to build up women's football. 
And so, uh, you know, we don't have millions of dollars to go through uh, <clears throat> to make this happen, but we certainly are trying uh, as if we are or as if we do. You know, and also that guy said, you know, and he referenced to, he said, hey, look at the NFL owners. He said most of those guys hate one another, but they bond together for one reason. That's because they're all in it together. And they have a sharing of, of ticket, some kind of ticket thing they have a sharing in and merchandise. Other than the Dallas Cowboys, um, they they have their own merchandise thing. But that's that's my point is look, I don't I don't have to um as an owner, I don't have to like these other teams, but the one thing I can say to this is when I schedule a game, I want to be uh have enough faith in them and have enough uh be willing to help them in any kind of way. I mean, you know, to I mean you look you you went several times this year to to get asked for, for the way things as well. And uh you know, how many teams offered to to that we went away to play how many teams offered to uh, get us ice? Matter of fact, one of the teams we give ice to stole our coolers, and when we went to play them, they tried to give us water stuff in our own coolers. So how many, you know what, we're all in it any way you want to cut it, slice it, or dice it. We're all in it together. We all want to win. Everybody wants to hoist up that trophy. Everybody wants to brag they're the best. I get it. If you don't, then you're in, you're in bad trouble. If you're not in it, every year you join a league, your team is an owner, coach, whatever. If you're not, your goal is not to win a championship. Then I I don't know why you're even playing. So I get that. But in the same big focus here, just what you said a few minutes ago, if there's nobody for you to play, how can you win a championship? Yeah, I mean that's absolutely. I mean that's 100% accurate. I mean you look you look at what the NFL has done over, you know their their time in existence when they had that rival with the AFL. Uh, well, I think it was the AFL at the time. But now what they did was, or uh, they they bonded together uh, as owners, and and you know we're going to, um, you know we're going to uh, to make this league better. Now they may have hated each other, but they knew that the competition out there. Was something that they needed to uh, that they needed to to uh, you know get rid of, uh, in a sense. And so they bonded together uh, and they made the NFL what it is today. Now, not all of the owners are the same owners, but the tradition within each team uh, certainly has has, has has kept its status unless it was sold. Yeah, the point is is that you can't make you're not going to make it on your own doing what we're trying to do. And every time you do attempt to make it on your own, and when I say on your own, every time that you think about your team first, you're going to fail. Every single time. You may not win a championship every year, but, you know, there's more to it when you're trying to build something than to just always go out and win a championship. You're trying to be successful and have success in, in, in women's football and getting these women out there and playing. But every time that you decide that I'm going to put my team first, you're going to fail. And, I mean, that's just, you know, and that, that's life in general. Every time you put yourself first, more times than not, you can't succeed without somebody else's help. So, you know, yeah, that's. Well, for, for me, you know, I, I hear this a lot. It's, 
you know, the first thing when a team calls us, well, especially me, if they call me, it seems like the first thing they want to know how many teams we have. And I don't even know how many we're going to wind up right now with. I, I really don't have a clue. But that, that, to me, that's the craziest thing you should be asking. Now, you might ask, hey, how many teams do you have that I can possibly play? You know, I can understand that. But how many teams do you have? Just because you have all these teams does not mean they're all good or they're good for the league or or all that. You have a great team in the league, but look, the NFL, when it started, I don't know how many teams was in it, but it wasn't very many. Uh, and I believe it was eight, if I'm not mistaken. And they've grown it to be what it is now. So the, the thing is, they put their – when these guys bonded together, when they first started this stuff, and it was actually the AFL, I guess, wasn't it? Was the AFL, Mike? I believe it was. Yeah, okay. So they they bonded together to say, hey, we, we're gonna, we want to do this. And, it, and then they started expanding slowly. They didn't just go hog wild because you've got to make sure that everything is quality that you that can happen, that you can pull off all this stuff. You don't want just anybody coming in there. Can you can you imagine that uh, if if we called called the commissioner of the NFL and said, "Hey man, if they didn't have the rules they got in place now, hey man, we got a team over here. We want to join the NFL." Okay, I'm gonna put you a 16 game schedule together, and then all of a sudden we have to start flying all over the country, and and we don't even make the first game, and then all of a sudden they're the laughing stock of the uh, league because every single team that's on the schedule is getting a forfeit. That that can't work, man. And, and and that's what people don't realize is look, I'm not saying I'm trying to compete with the NFL, but what I'm trying to do is make this work something for these girls that no matter what, they can be proud to know come Saturday, if if they got a game scheduled this Saturday, they're going to play that game. If it be home or they're going on a road trip, they know they're going to have it. Build consistency. Have something to build on. Build that league, you know. Take if it takes six teams to start, eight teams, whatever. Build it two more teams in the in the next year or so, with the same qualifications that you have and standards that you hold those others to. That's what the NFL has did, and that's why they're so successful now. It's because the foundation they laid years ago. It ain't because they all of a sudden they wanted 32 teams and they started 32 teams now. It's because they started small and expanded. And that's the part that, that people don't get, and it just drives me crazy when they say, well, how many teams do you have? Does it matter? If, if you get to play six, eight games, whatever schedule we, you know, we come up with, as long as you get to play those games and you're going to have a playoff, and there's going to be championship, and there's going to be an all-star game, and there's going to be league awards and everything. Does it matter how many teams are in the league? That that's my question. Well, it shouldn't, and 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 it goes back to saying that you know if 
why do you care that there's listen i got it the wfa is 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 the biggest league and i and i understand everybody's like wfa but listen I, personally in my opinion i think the wfa may be a little too big but that that, that doesn't mean that i i hate the wfa i'm just saying i think there might be a little too many teams in there to me it seems like it's kind of hard to keep track of but that's not saying that wfa is a bad league i'm not saying that at all but you know if you have six teams or if you have eight teams or you have 12 teams you know, listen, the, the standard is whether you have six teams, you have to put together a team to get into the league, to, to play. We're going to have teams. You're going to have awards. You're going to have games. You know, we're, we're not going to forfeit. We're going to make what we have the best that we possibly can, not worrying about that we have 100 dang, dang on teams uh, uh, trying to play in a league. Uh, but, you know, listen, I, I don't I, – I agree with you, and I wish more people – uh, that uh, w- would get on board with the way that uh, the, this league is actually doing business. Yeah, I do too. But hey, man, you can only you know you can only do what you can do, and and that's you know I've uh, come to realize that um, for some people they'll they'll tell you anything and then leave you hanging high and dry. And uh, I've I've learned that you can't trust, and and most people. Uh, you know, and I, I'm the old school guy that I I tell you something that's what I want to do. You know, we can shake your hand on it and it'd be a done deal. Obviously, anymore it's not like that. So um, all we can do is try. I'm just excited for for the, our team, our league, what it can do for women's football to go down there and, and play in this game and uh, the making of this movie and and get players that have um, you know that have put so much into this uh, team every year. You know, some players want to talk about, you know, they might be, you know, they're not recognized as much as other players. Maybe there's people, I I look at my kids playing on a high school team. I I was a freshman. I I mean, I I won't say I thought I was pretty good. I could have probably played on the varsity. I started every game when I was a sophomore. Um, but I, I had to earn it, Mike. You know what I'm saying? You have to earn that. You just don't come in there and all of a sudden and, and think just because you're a freshman and you're pretty good that you can, uh, 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 you know, be do something better and take over the reins of a guy that's been there four years unless you work harder and you're better than him. It's consistent work you have to put in. And I think a lot of these players, and especially women, uh, that, that I know of, listen, and, and that I've seen it in high school when I played. I'm sure you've seen it too. But we did a lot in women's football. They come, and I think that's one thing they get that are one and done, is they think they're better than what we think they are. I'm not saying that not any of them are not good players, but they're not as good as we think they are, and they don't get the recognition that they think, or everybody just don't know, wow. You know, um, I think that I think that's part of, of, of what hurts uh, women's football a lot. What do you think about that? Well, you know, when I was when I was playing sports, uh, I, I was never the go-to guy. I was never the one player that uh, was – I was never the best player on a team. I was a support player, a role player. I may have been a number two player at times. But the one thing I understood was is that those individuals that are given that God, 
gifted ability to be the number one player. We're going to get the recognition. And that's just the way it was. And I wasn't one to go to the coach and say, hey, I, I want to pat on my back. I, I knew my role. I understood my role. And my role was to be the best I could to help the best player so we can win. The women's football, I think, needs to – I think there, there, there needs to be more of that. Uh, but that just needs to be more of that in sports in general. But, uh, yeah, having, having players that don't understand their role and don't understand that, you know, that we have a player like uh, number 14, Caitlin Cox. If you don't know who she is, then you need to watch her play football. Uh, to think that, you know, listen, she, she is our, uh, you know, or as of last year, uh, you know, she was the dynamic player that we had. She was our playmaker. And so everybody knew her. And, and so your supporting role on our football team was to, you know, to, to block for her and, and, and to, to, we were to get her to ball and to, to allow her to make plays for us so the team could be successful. Now, that's what sports is about. You know, there's never uh, – you may have, you may have that, that offensive line that's great, but how many times have you heard in the NFL games or in college, well, they just single out that one person on the offensive line? They do it as a group. That offensive line is doing the job today. They don't ever say, well, this guy's just doing this job today. So, you know, that's just how sports is. And, and, and for, to, in order for you to be successful as a team, you understand your role and understand that what you need to do is be the best you can because there's always somebody that is going to be the leader. And not everybody is going to be that, that player. But if you're not that player, you need to support your role and help your team be successful. Well, not only that, I think it, you know, it's a year-in and year-out thing. I mean, listen, we have two players that have played for four, all four years, at least being the fifth year we've had ten. This will be, we have two players that have played that's going into the fifth year. Two players, Mike. And obviously, those two players have made more practice than any anybody else that would be a part of that group if they were, um, you know, and they have earned, they have earned the rights to be uh, considered French, what I would call franchise players. You know what I'm saying? It's a grind. It's an every year thing. It ain't a come in one year. Oh, I'm going to work hard this year. What about the previous years? You know what I'm saying? When you half-assed or you lollygagged or you didn't you didn't perform and all that. It's a grind, man. You think, Cliff, I'm going to get you something real quick. Give you an example. You think Drew Brees got to where he is, broke the all-time passing yardage record last night by not being that guy that every day, if anybody heard him talk last night, he said, listen, I love this game. I love to compete. I love to play. How many pro sports players do you hear make that statement? Not not many. I mean, you know, you do hear some of the greats say that. You know, you have seen basketball, Kobe's and Michael's and LeBron's, but you, you don't hear it enough. You know, you just don't hear it enough. And uh, that's – you know, that's going to be the demise of, of, of sports if we just start to wake up and realize that, listen, you're playing the game. Uh, yeah, you might be getting a paycheck, you know. But he didn't say, hey, I love getting paid to play this game. He says, I love this game. I love to play it. 
He didn't say, I love it because I'm getting millions of dollars to play it. He said that I love to play the game. It is a, it is a game, after all. And, you know, we're going to, you know, in sports, it, it's the demise of sports is going to start to be, you know, and if it hasn't already started, you know, uh, well, I'm not getting paid enough, so I'm not going to play. Well, where's your love of the game? And uh, you're right. We have players, two on, the, two on this team that's been with this team from the get-go, have earned that right to be called and for us to, uh, to, to put them on the pedestal that they are because they have went through the, the, the hard knocks of day one of not being successful to winning a national championship and, and to being at every practice, to leading by example. I mean, those, those are the players that get set up there and those are the players that are talked about. Those are the players that, that get the recognition. And so if you're not getting the recognition, there's a reason why you're not getting the recognition. You know, take a step back and say, well, why am I not getting the recognition as opposed to say, hey, I deserve this recognition when you clearly don't if you're not getting it. Yeah, before I get too far, I do was talking about the league. I want to uh, welcome a new team from uh, South the Central Carolina Cardinals from Rayford, North Carolina. They're uh, they're joining the USWFL this year. Uh, we're glad to have them aboard. They came all the way to the meeting in Myrtle Beach. I know it wasn't as far, but they, they took the time to come over there. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, they're excited about it. Uh, they know what's in store. Uh, they liked everything. So uh, we're glad to have them join this league as well. I didn't want to didn't want to forget them. Um, so we're we're excited to have them. Um, maybe that'll be you know another good team that you know we can rely on and everybody else can rely on, and that's what we want. Um, get back to Drew Brees here. I, I just want to ask anybody that, that would be listening. Did you see, first of all, did you hear Earl Thomas before the year started? He held out and all that because of the contract dispute, blah, blah, blah. And then he comes and plays, and then he gets hurt, and he flips off his team. Now, who, who's the lady on bail? Won't come and play. He's under contract. You're under contract. Once you get done with that contract, I understand. If you don't want to play, at that point, I understand. You're under contract. Come and play. You don't have a leg to stand on in my point. Who are the role models here? Who do I want my – who do – if I had kids and they want to look up to people and they're watching NFL players today, do I want Drew Brees being their idol or Earl Thomas or Le'Veon Bell? Really, man? Look, I, I wasn't – it's not that I'm not a Drew Brees fan. I'm just not a huge Saints fan. Uh, but, man, you, I stood up and applause for the guy last night, just myself. And I, and I hate he broke Peyton Manning's record. But when you stand for something you believe in that much, and also don't forget, people, that he got hurt and the San Diego Chargers cut him, let him go uh, to get Phillip Rivers. And look what he's done. Or to keep Philip Rivers, I'm sorry. And look what he's done, but what he stands for. Went over there to the sideline, and if you didn't hear the interview or didn't hear it, he was mocked up. Told his kids, this is what you can get if you work hard enough. Anything is possible if you want to work hard enough. Mike, we don't hear that enough. I don't care who the guy plays for. I don't care who he is. That couldn't be more true than if than if you'd have said it for him. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Listen, I'm not a huge uh, uh, Drew Brees fan either. It's not that I don't like him. I just don't really watch him enough. Uh, I'm not that much of a Saints fan, but I will tell you, based off what I know about him, uh, that he is definitely one of the shortest quarterbacks uh, that the NFL has had. Uh, and, uh, you know, for to go from a team to be cut uh, in San Diego, going to the Saints, and then the Saints going through uh, New Orleans, going through Katrina, and how he rallied behind uh, uh, the, the community and they got it all built back and to hold their first game, and, and how the Saints and, and the organization and how the city loves him. Uh, listen, it, it, it takes a special person for that to happen. It, it, they just don't flip through the phone book and put their finger on it and says, okay, this is the guy we're going to love today. You know, he is loved by his fans and his teammates because of what he does, because of his attitude, his work ethic, because how he leads the team, uh, his, his never-say-die uh, attitude. You're always in the game when you have Drew Brees. And, you know, to hear him tell his kids that in the midst of everything that's going on and stop and look at his kids and say, this is what you can get if you work hard enough. Uh, you know, if that's not going to leave a lasting impression on those kids, I mean, because it leaves a lasting impression on me. You know, I'm by no means where I want to be in life, and you still have to work hard for it. Uh, and listen, they don't th- – th- it didn't just happen overnight. You know, this is something that has been 16, 17, 18 years in the making for this man, uh, and he has worked hard every day to get where he is. And it, it, it's not an overnight success. He's worked hard. He's a, a, a huge role model not only to the community but most of all to his kids, which I think is the most important. Uh, and from what I understand, he's a huge man of faith. Uh, and his family his background is, is just everything from going to Purdue to where he is now. Kudos to him. Applause to him. Super proud of him. I know I don't know him. I'm not a huge fan. But uh, he is uh, definitely a, a record deserving from somebody that has worked as hard as he is to get where he is right now. Yeah, the greatest thing I, I uh, took away from that is, is when they asked him, hey, what did you tell the kid on your kid? He said, well, the same thing I tell him every night before he goes to bed. So every night this man is telling his kid, I mean, listen, his kids would never have to do anything in their life if he so didn't want them to. And this man is telling them every night before you go to bed, anything is possible if you're willing to work for it. Just think of that. Everybody that's listening tonight can hear this. Just think of that. Anything is possible if you're willing to work for it. That is, that is so true. And we're talking about the guy that, you know, he's just like the rest of these quarterbacks, Peyton Manning. As soon as he's eligible, the first-round Hall of Fame guy, uh, he's a Hall of Fame guy, not just a player, but a guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I hate broke Peyton's record, but, hey, um, you know, it, it happens. Um, speaking of that, you know, NFL, though, Dave, before, you know, Dave, go ahead. Hey, you know, Dave, though, uh, you better believe that one of the first phone calls he got was from Peyton Manning congratulating him on the on breaking that record. Yeah, Peyton actually had some kind of speech they showed there. I didn't get to see it all about it. But, yeah, Peyton Manning's one of those good guys, too, man. They're, they need a lot more of them. They're, they're not as many out there as they are those uh, other kind of guys that I'm talking about flipping off the organization. So, really, I'm, I'm just here today, man. If you allow a player like that to play on your team, I don't care how much money's involved, Mike. I don't care. I don't care how much winning's involved. If you allow a player to do that to you, 
national TV and media and all that, and you don't take action, you're an idiot. I don't care who you are. I don't care. Um, I, I'm, 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 you know how I am. Um, I'm mean you have lots of conversation. Uh, that ain't going to happen. I don't care if I lose millions of dollars. That is not going to happen right there. That, I'm embarrassed to be a football fan when I see that. Really? <laughs> so, speaking of the NFL, well, before we get to the NFL, tell me, tell me about your Longhorns. How, how far are they up the, the polls now? Okay, so uh, Texas played uh, in the Cotton Bowl Saturday. They played Oklahoma, uh, and they actually – uh, were were beating Oklahoma soundly up until the fourth quarter when they actually blew a 21-point lead, uh, but ended up beating uh, Oklahoma uh, by three points, 48-45, to 45, on a 48- uh, or almost 50-yard field goal. So now they are moved from 19th to inside the top 10 to number 9. So Hook'em Horns, they have moved inside the top 10. It's been, I don't know how many years uh, that I've been waiting for this to happen. So I got my Hook'em Horns up, uh, and, you know, we got Baylor next week. So hopefully Texas can just, uh, you know, keep on rolling and, and then win that Big 12. Okay, so now let's go. Alabama still undefeated. Um, Georgia still undefeated. Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson is is that the only five teams that are that are undefeated right now? So right now, when you're looking at the top five or the top ten in college football, you have as far as undefeated. Alabama six and zero, Georgia six and zero, Ohio State at three, they're six and zero. Clemson is at uh, number four, they're at six and zero. Notre Dame is at six and zero at number five. West Virginia is at uh, number six right now, they're at five and zero. NC State right now is at five and zero, they're down there at the twentieth spot. Colorado is five and zero at the nineteenth spot, uh, and UFC. Or I'm sorry, UCF. I'm sorry, is at uh, number ten right now. They're at five and zero. Cincinnati rounds out the top twenty-five. They're at number twenty-five at six and zero. And then USF uh, at number twenty-three is uh, at five and zero. So there's a handful of undefeated individual uh, in, uh, teams out there. Um, uh, so you know, obviously, but you know, those powerhouse top five programs are the ones that are up there. Yeah, I forgot about West Virginia. That is right. Um, so, so that's pretty much. I mean, they they showed Notre Dame's schedule. They're pretty much. I mean, unless they just screw up, they're they're going to win out. Um, I don't know about Alabama. They still got to play LSU uh, and Auburn, um, and then in the and then the SEC game uh, if they make it that far. Uh, Georgia, I don't know what. Uh, West teams they have left on their schedule. Um, that, there's nobody in the East that'll beat Georgia. Well, right now, but, uh, right now it's predicted that if Bama can lose one game and still they still have almost a 65 percent chance of making the playoff. And Bama has Missouri on Saturday. Georgia, they're saying the same thing that Georgia can lose a game and still have a pretty good chance to be. Uh, into the uh, the playoff. But Georgia and LSU play this Saturday, so that should be a decent game, although LSU did just lose uh, their first game of the season. Uh, and then Ohio State plays Minnesota. 
Clemson has a their idol this week, but then Notre Dame plays Pitt. So, you know, you have that number two game right there, the Georgia LSU. That's probably a, a, a huge uh, implications on how far uh, Georgia is going to go. If uh, you know, if they win that game, uh, they're probably going to cruise on that side of the SEC. But if they lose that game, uh, they're going to have to definitely uh, uh, make it up by winning some some big games. Yeah, that that'll be a good game. They let you. They just Florida. I did. I listened to a bunch of games. Just trucks up Saturday radio. Um, well, so we know you Saturday. You were you were all up in the, the highs, the highs, and then come the Cowboys. Well, so, I'm, I'm doing the hokey pokey, man. I got one leg in and one leg out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got. Uh, I got one leg in, one leg out. Listen, I, you want to talk a little bit about the Cowboys, and, and what I understand is, is I watched the game from start to end, and I cannot for the life of me understand why you have – your defense is playing well. Now, I guess high insight is 20 because look at how uh, they played defense on that last drive for the Texans to score. Uh, they played horrific defense. But the way your defense was playing at that moment before that punt, at fourth and one, in overtime, and you got the ball at the 46, 47-yard line, I'm thinking really hard about going for it. Probably do go for it. You got Ezekiel Elliott. He is the, he's the leading rusher right now. Uh, surely he can make one yard. Uh, although he wasn't running the ball well, he only ended up with 50, I think 54 yards total uh, on 20 carries. So he wasn't really doing that well. But you push that envelope, I think you go for it. Uh, just to me, it sends a message to your team that, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, but they didn't. They punted it, and then they ended up losing the game in overtime. Uh, it just, you know, I, uh, it's devastating to even talk about it. But, you know, that Hopkins guy, it, it, listen, nine receptions, 151 yards. Uh, and he had a huge catch down there in overtime that put them down in the, their field goal range. Just, you know, we had no answer for him, and he only had nine receptions. Um just, you know, like I said, one foot in, one foot out right now. Well, yeah, um, there's uh, there's a lot of things like that. Um, Kansas City um, just annihilated the Jaguars. The Jaguars are supposed to have the best defense in the league, and they just annihilated them. And the Rams went on the road, and maybe the toughest of all environments to play up in Seattle and uh, just barely beat the Seattle Seahawks. And here, speaking of, what a gifty call for that guy to go for it on fourth down when if you don't get it, you could possibly lose the game. That was a gifty call. I listened to it. I didn't see it, but it's a gifty call. But I'm going to tell you something. I did um, hear Jimmy Johnson, and you, you should love Jimmy Johnson, him being ex-Cowboys coach. Um, mm-hmm. I heard him say on Fox News that the problem with all these teams is they're playing too conservative. He said, listen, you want to win a championship? You want to win? You better go out there and play aggressive. If you lose, oh, well, you can go play again next week. And then next week, you play aggressive again. That's how you go win a championship. It ain't how you go just try uh, to keep you know, stay in the game. You're going to have to take chances. And that's what, look, that Sean McVay after the Rams, dude, he, if they didn't pick up that yard, uh, 
just like Tour Creek play, Seattle would have been in field goal range. Um, with a two-point lead or one-point lead, whatever they had, um, I listened to the whole game. Uh, that was the play of the game, and it actually come from the coach. You know, I mean, the players played it, but the coach called the play. And uh, I, I firmly believe that, you know, that's why they're – they just might be the best team in the league right now. Yeah, they have a young, good coach. Uh, they have really good, uh, really good system right now. Their, their, their offense is clicking. Their defense is playing well. And to go into Seattle, where it's the home of the twelfth man, uh, to make a call like that, as loud as it was on that call, and to execute it, to take that chance, to put them into the position to where they can win the football game. Uh, and Jimmy Johnson's right. You know. Uh, you take chances. And listen, you know, we've been on the sideline before too, and there have been some times where I've even thought, well, maybe we should we should punt the ball because our defense is playing well. Uh, and then you're like, no, we're here punting, we're going for it. And those end up being the plays that are, you know, that, that make the difference of winning and losing sometimes. Uh, so to be aggressive is, is, is really – you've got to be aggressive there. I mean, I get the Cowboys game, fourth and one. You know, you're on your side of the football field, but you're close to the 50, then you you, you go for it. You be aggressive. Um, I just – I agree. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the Rams right now are clicking on all cylinders. Well, next Sunday night we'll see um, – I ain't going to say we'll see how good Kansas City really is, but definitely they'll have another tough game. They play New England. We'll see how good New England is. They, uh, Everybody says they look like uh, they're back to – uh, rare form. Um, I don't know. I do know this. The NFL um, is is up for grabs right now. There ain't no doubt about it. We've got one powerhouse in AFC and one powerhouse in the NFC, and everybody else is just sort of right in the mix. I mean, if you got two wins and, and three losses, you're still in it right now because there's several three and two teams, you know. And uh, so – well, Mike, we've had our time, buddy. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on here and uh, talking uh, with me, and uh, we'll uh, see what we dig up next week to talk about. And uh, uh, I appreciate you coming and taking the time to be on the show, buddy. Hey, man, not a problem. Thanks for having me. You be safe coming home, all right? I will. Appreciate it. All right, folks. Mike. Coach Mike Wallace, head coach, Tri-City Thunder. I appreciate him coming on. Um, again, every, every week, I'd say, I can't stand up for J.C. Hawk Sports Network for uh, allowing us to come on here and, and talk about all this and, and you can see it's something we really love and, and get into and, and are passionate about. I mean, it's it's a rarity. Mike's just as passionate about women's football as I am. Um, you know, he, he was familiar with it when he came and, and now he'll tell you he wouldn't, you know, want to coach men. I mean he might want to coach high school or something, but he wouldn't want to coach other than uh outside of high school or something like that, other than women. So uh we're we're really passionate about it. We take it serious and um, you know, we get criticized a lot for it because we, you know, want everybody to be up to our standards of how we we think and do things, so um, it, it's a rarity that you can find uh, people that have the same goals in mind. So, um, but I appreciate him uh, coming on tonight, all the hard work he does, and also, like I said, J.C. Hawks School. Without her, we wouldn't be able to do this, and she just gets a woman out of doing it. Is it? And uh, everybody ought to appreciate that. I know I should do. Uh, with that being said. Uh, We'll talk to you next Tuesday.